We are the circus as it goes, abandoning the magician. Welcome to Independence, a podcast about podcasting. In this collaboration, you'll hear voices from a variety of shows and websites all answering one question. Why do we do what we do? The Digital Cowboys would like to thank everybody who took part in this production. This belongs to all of you. Sean Andrich, Julian Murdoch, Sean Sands and Rob Borges of Gamers with Jobs. Edie Sellers and Tim Wilsey of Game Hounds and the Widget. Neil Brooks and Leon Cox of Gamer Dork. Chris and Kelly Brown, the Married Gamers. Sinan Cover and Joe Delir of Big Red Potion. Daniel Floyd of Talking About These. Steve Artlip of Platform Nation. Chris O'Regan and Patrick McTee of Super Happy Fun Time Show. Elaine Stryker and Leia Haydu from Some Other Castle. And Bobby Blackwolf from All Games Radio. My name is Sean Andrich from the Gamers with Jobs conference call, gamerswithjobs.com, and I am joined here by my regular co-hosts, or at least most of them, Mr. Julian Rabbit Murdoch. Hi, I'm Julian. And uh, also Mr. Sean Sands. Hi, I'm supposed to be named before Julian. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're on someone else's show. You know, everything's different now. And our producer, Mr. Gorgeous Rob Borges. Hey, I'm Borges. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are. So we've been, in, we've been invited here to talk about why we podcast. We've done, uh, by, by, by count now, we've done 145 shows, one a week, uh, which is, which is a good solid three years of our lives sitting down. Uh, it's the middle of summer. I'm sweating like crazy in my hot box of an office because Rob won't let me have air conditioning because it makes noise. Uh, and the question is, so why do we podcast? Why do we put ourselves, in this case, through this physical turmoil to bring a show out every week to the internet? Let's, well, here's uh, something that's interesting. When we first started our show, uh, it was bi-weekly. No, it was... Yeah, it was bi-weekly. Yeah, it was every other week. Every other week. And there was only three of us. That's true. And it was like this tiny show, and we were like trying to keep it you know, super compact so that it didn't take us a lot of effort to put it out, and it just grew because we enjoyed it so much. That's right. So let's uh, let's talk about why we actually sit down and do this. And let's go with Sean Sands first, because he, he has to let's be first. Let's do. So, that Sean, seems, that uh, seems like the thing to do. Why do you occasionally show up to do a show once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> when you feel like it. So if I'm honest, I'm a huge attention whore. Like, uh, <laughs> the more people who are thinking, Sean Sands is saying something really intelligent right now, the happier I am. Um, and, and I mean, I, I say that uh, with tongue somewhat in cheek, but not all the way, because I mean, you know, I'm Matt, really reminded. Me, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm really reminded of when we stopped. Whenever I stopped doing something, like we wrote for Evil Avatar, and I stopped doing that, and and I'll take a breaks occasionally from from writing uh, for the front page or for doing the podcast, and I get to a point where all of a sudden I'm thinking, um, nobody's listening to what I'm saying right now, and, and that. You know that 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 wounds me to some degree. So, uh, but 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 frankly, I also just enjoy the camaraderie. I think this comes through. I've I've heard this before. People talking about our podcast. I like getting to sit down uh, once a week. You know, and and get out of my daily grind of, of of my job where nobody wants to talk about rock band, and get into the grind of a podcast where nobody wants to talk about rock band. <laughs> uh, but at least we talk about other games. So I, you know, there's also the, that social aspect of it. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I mean, that, that's why we started the site in the first place, which was just for the social aspect. So, uh, to, to me, just sitting down and, and shooting the shit with 
a bunch of guys who also play games and it's it's something else and and for me it's also just a power trip because i get to like choose emails and and i get to host the show <laughs> totally and control do. things like it's just it's it's very personally satisfying I, I don't think that you can do anything week in and week out if you don't get a lot of just personal gratification from sitting down and doing it i to me it's very it's absolutely just a chance to sit around and chat with guys that i've become good friends with in the beginning it was all about attention I, i'm totally fine with that you know it was just it was you know like being on stage and i'm totally fine with that but the uh now honestly if i don't podcast for a week or two with you guys i sort of it's sort of like i haven't talked to some of my best friends in a couple of weeks and i want to know what they're up to and the hardest part frankly for me sometimes is to still just talk about games, right? We have a we have a mandate based on our format that this is what we're going to do all the time, and I need to make sure that I have time to actually say, well, you know, how's your wife, and you know, how's your gig going, and all that stuff, because <laughs> otherwise it'll be just like, oh, well, I can tell you exactly what Sean played last week, but I don't know whether he lost a limb. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know? <laughs> or did he just suck it up? I, and that's true. I, I mean, the thing is especially these days as we all get busier and busier, this is often the only time we really communicate. So uh, it's for us as much as it's for the audience at this point. And I I think that's partially why uh, it works. Because if you do something that's just for the downloads, you you lose interest so quickly when you have a dip. You you get so affected by what's going on outside of just sitting down and doing the show. uh, It just becomes uh, uninteresting to do. It's just there's no fulfillment there anymore. Yeah, for me, there's a whole slew of reasons why I enjoy doing the podcast. And uh, one of the main reasons why I actually wanted to do that was because when I first heard GWJ Radio, which was the precursor to this um, this show, was that I was it was I was jealous that I couldn't be on. You know, it was, it was the two guys, <laughs> Russ Pitts and uh, Sean Andrich, and and that's just the format. And uh, I really wanted to do that. And I've come from an acting background, so uh, performing for people uh, is something that uh, I enjoy doing. And I, I felt like this was another way of me being able to do that, even though it is and has just turned into uh, us getting together once a week and, and talking about uh, something that I think we all really love, and that's playing video games. Um, but in a te- technical aspect, because I take care of basically all the or most of the technical stuff, um, it, it's something I've always been interested in, getting my hands uh, you know, into something and being able to manipulate audio is very fulfilling when you finally get everything to sound great. Um, so uh, there's just so much of it that I really enjoy, and it greatly outweighs a lot of the problems that we end up facing because otherwise I would never do this because there are a lot of problems with doing <laughs> our show the do way we do Do not get him started. Please <laughs> do not get him started. Please, no. So why should I sing another love song? Hey, Digital Cowboys and Digital Cowboys fans. It's Gamer Edie, and with me is Commander Tim, and we are going to talk about independence and why we do what we do. Tim, why do you do what you do? Because I love the sound of my own voice, and I enjoy talking about stuff. Yeah, but it, it, it does. It, this is not cheap to do, and you've been doing this a hell of a lot longer than I have, too. Well, I mean, I, I when I when I first started podcasting, it was because it was a, I mean, it was a new thing. It wasn't even podcasting back then. It was just it was we called it internet radio still. Um, we just started doing it because it was it was there and it was cool. And I wanted to do a, a show for a long time. I didn't know what to do a show about. 
and I was like, oh, let's let's talk about video games. We like video games, and so we did. And then, I don't know, I've just been doing it ever since. When did you start? Oh, um, May of 2005. Yeah. 2005. So you've only been at this for four years. I keep forgetting that podcasting is such a new Podcasting is young, really young. But it's already kind of hit saturation point. You think so? I think so. Everybody's doing it. And once everybody realized that they were empowered to do it, the market got just hammered. And but, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you know, that that's not what killed it. I think what killed it was corporate uh, coming in and taking over because, I mean, there's you look at the, like the iTunes top 100. The only non-corporate podcast in that entire thing is Adam Carolla. Right. He's, he's a, only he's an because indie. he's Adam Carolla yeah. because he's really fucking famous. That's why. Right. Yeah. yeah, you got a good point. Well, I've I started to this. You know, I was thinking that I started to this late, but I really didn't start to this late because I started in two thousand six or seven, and I was brought in by another podcast as a guest. I was kind of like the the dog that that never went away. <laughs> I was invited in for like you know some to some tasty morsels, and then everybody thought I'd leave, and I just kind of made the place my home. Um, why do I do what I do? Uh, you know, it, I always thought of myself as a writer because one thing about writers is that they can't help but write. And I, when I ever listen to like things like um, NPR, I hear people or authors who talk about books, about how that they, they write every single day. Every single day they're either writing or they're researching something to write about. And I've always wanted to write a book, and I think to myself, I could never write a book because I, I don't write instinctually. I can't keep myself from writing, but I can't keep myself from podcasting. And it's, yeah. I think there's a there is there is an element of the fact that you're in love with your own voice, but there's also well, yeah, the element of the uh, fact that you're in love with your own thoughts as well, and you're lo in love with the idea of other people challenging you and saying, you know what. I totally agree with you. You're the greatest thing ever. And other people saying, "You know what? You're full of you're full of crap. You're 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 absolutely wrong." And here's why. Well, there's there's one thing that this business has taught me because I mean I've I've talked to like a pretty wide gamut of people. Everybody from like, you know, like actual big time you know celebrity types down to you know Joe Blow podcasting out of his basement, and the only lesson I've learned that's a universal truth is that fucking. Everybody has a massive ego. Yeah, that's. I think it's a prerequisite of, of podcasting, especially it, it really as an independent is. podcaster, is because you have to be have such an ego that a that you think that what you have to say is important. B that you actually aren't embarrassed at the sound of your own voice because I think it's a human nature that you should hate the sound of your own voice. And C that you think that you what you say is so important and how you sound is so good that you would have the audacity to go up against podcasts that aren't independent that do have money that you would just sit down and work so freaking hard every single week because it takes hours and hours of work pre prior and after recording everybody thinks podcasting is easy podcasting is oh, really God, no. freaking hard it's i should say podcasting is easy doing a good podcast is hard Pod podcasting tore my previous life to shreds <laughs> how's that yeah. i can say that for with all with all certainty so. Podcasting would tear my life to shreds right now if it wasn't for the fact that I have, A, the greatest husband in the world, and B, he's so stoned out of his mind most of the time he doesn't even notice that I'm podcasting. 
on prescription drugs. <laughs> on prescription drugs. That sounded so yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but he is. He's high. He's like high on Vicodin. He's like zooming in the other room and I'm podcasting. Um, yeah, if, if it, in many ways, podcasting has saved my marriage. Not because we're doing it together, but because it's given me something to do while he's really screwed up physically. Because well, if, it, if it wasn't for the fact that he was screwed up and I needed something to keep my mind off the fact of how screwed up he was, I don't know that we, our marriage could survive how much time it takes to podcast. The, I mean, the, the show I did before, um, the, you know, the first podcast I did, we, we climbed pretty high. You know, and it's kind of like the story of Icarus where we, you know, we got so close to the sun and then our wings melted. And, you know, it cost me a lot of good friendships. Um, it it cost me a huge portion of my life. But the, the cool thing is, is that through it, I met new people and made some really awesome lifelong friends through podcasting. So it's it's kind of evened out a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I guess I've 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 walked the corporate line as far as podcasting. I've had I've had you know producers say, "Oh, you have to talk about this this week. You can't talk about this this week. You have to play this ad at this time in your show." And, you know, that just, it really sucks. And it really wears down because then it starts feeling like a job and it, it isn't fun anymore. And you, mm-hmm. you, you feel like you're not being you. You're being, yeah. you're being a and, character. And when it's your own podcast and something I didn't realize when I was on my other podcast because I, it wasn't mine. But when it's your own, you, you have, and I think it's more so than anything in radio, because I came from a radio background. It wasn't that, it wasn't tremendously glamorous. I was a fill-in host on an AM talk station, a really big AM talk station, but I was filling in and I was learning radio at the same time I was learning podcasting. And the big difference that made me almost love podcasting more is that you have total freedom to be able to futz with things and tweak with things because you, when you're corporate, you know, I'm just an only complaint, c- compare it to radio. You have standards that you're expected to do and you have things that you need to do and things you need to hit at certain times, certain places. You have to hit this ID. You have to make it this long. It can only be in this format. And when it's your own podcast and you're independent, you can change things up from week to week. I mean, shoot, Tim, you were the one that came up with um, guest roulette. Our first guest roulette was just throwing it out to Twitter. And we literally, you literally made this up as we were sitting there five minutes before we were supposed to record. Yeah, that never would have happened traditional radio. You you couldn't you could never be that that quick. You can't be that lean and that ready to go. Which makes me love that's why I love being independent so much because if we had been if we had some kind of sponsorship or some kind of corporate connection um especially if there was a producer if I mean if we had producers on and you know that was actually this was a business this would be a whole lot slicker of a show and there would never be the ups and downs that you get on independent podcastings. But at the same time, you couldn't, you kind of couldn't roll with the punches the way that an independent podcast can. You can't be in there at the moment because you've got too much to lose. Whereas independent podcasts, you've got nothing to lose by trying something different that nobody's ever done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, the question has been posed to us, us at GamerDark.net, why do we do a podcast? Well, the whole story of GamerDark comes from a forum, a very, very busy UK-based online forum. 
Um, and just by the sheer size of it, it's branched out just from talking about games. There's off-topic sections, there's music and movies, there's literature and stuff like that. And um, back in the day, um, I've always been a keen fan of music. And um, one day I came up with an idea. I'd, I'd always been... I'd been involved in a project many years ago where we were doing internet radio. Uh, this was another small community where, where we took part in that. And I thought it would be a cool idea at the time if we, you know, if I um, rented another online server by, but, and what you can do is play your tracks from your PC um, and, and relay it to, to this online server and people can listen to you. Effectively, you're doing amateur radio. Um, and that was popular for a time. And um, eventually, I met up with the, the original co-host of GamerDoc, um, his name's Uzi, and um, we decided we were just going to do it like a joint show and talk about video games. And then we just, that opened my eyes to the, to the very vibrant um, online gaming podcast community and it sprouted legs from there. And um, obviously, um, well, not obviously, but um, later on down the line, um, Uzi decided that he'd had enough. Um, and he, he he left the podcast. Um, it was not acrimonious. Everything was you know very amicable. He just the guy decided he wanted to do something new, and this is where I came upon you, Ratso. And you've been with us now for well over fourteen episodes anyway. Um, and you've you know you've been well bloodied in the in the scene. What what keeps you going now that you know now that podcasting is not a novelty to to, to you anymore? What keeps you going? What what do you look forward to most when you do a podcast? Well, I don't. I wouldn't say the novelty's gone at all. Actually, um, I think I think we've done. This will be like our twelfth or thirteenth show, actually, right? Because um, okay. we did. We did. We now do two a week, but we used to just do the one. Um, but we just we just have such a blast doing it that we decided to double it up. And also, it's you know it's good for our profile and stuff. To be honest, so and we try and we were finding we were overrunning quite massively at the weekends because we had so much to gas about um, that we've sort of moved some features to the midweek. So that all works out well. Um, I don't get sort of nervous like I did anymore, um, but I still get really excited. It's still a novelty for me, even just seeing our little logo on the iTunes store. Yes. Because for me, it was only, it was, what, less than two months ago or around two months ago that mm-hmm. uh, I'd been listening to Game of Dork with you and Uzi for a few months, maybe since about Christmas. And I loved the show. I loved the chemistry between you and Uzi. I loved your sort of uh, bawdy Scottish take on things. And I loved his whim- whimsical, sort of slightly skewed view. And, and the fact that, you know, you're obviously both incredibly passionate video games players, uh, as am I. And uh, you put out a little personal ad on the Game of Dogs site, which I visited occasionally. And uh, to be honest, it's one of the few forums, and long may this continue now that I'm sort of helping to run the thing uh, that isn't blocked at work <laughs> so yeah that's handy i uh, it, it could change any time so which obviously would be a real, real spanner in the works but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it um but i saw this sort of uh, personal ad i i didn't really know that i think maybe i was a, a podcast behind and I, I saw a post from uzi on the site sort of saying people have been asking why i'm leaving and i was like i, well, I didn't know you were and then uh, there was a, a next post or, or a couple of posts down the line on the site was um, you explaining that you'd considered a few options as regards to what you were going to do next, including merging podcasts with uh, the US one that was going at the time or do a project with uh, Capone Adam, but that would have been very heavy in the 
post-production yeah and possibly something with uh, a mutual sort of online friend of ours called johnster but that didn't feel quite right to you either and you instead you actually put out a a request for i always say it was it was it was like the pina colada song it was uh, you know do you <laughs> like pina coladas do you like walks in the grain do you are you about 30 something do you like talking about video games yeah and i've lost count of the amount of times over the course of my life where people have said to me why the hell don't you do something to do with video games <laughs> you know yeah. just uh-huh. do something people had told me i can string a sentence together written and spoken um they're now finding that they were wrong and that was just because i was drunk um <laughs> and and indeed and indeed this story does uh, i hope people won't be sort of uh, embarrassed by my candor but I, I have basically spent a large chunk of the the previous 10 years drunk um not not in a chronic alcoholic way but in a very busy social life kind of way and although i've managed to find a lot of time for gaming from from sort of 1999 to 2008 i did spend more time than was healthy in the pub and i wasn't achieving anything and i mostly hated my job and people kept saying why don't you get a job in the games industry and i would always say well there's plenty of reasons i have no qualifications and you know the the jobs that you can get in the games industry tend to be uh, to start off with tend to be quite a lot worse paid than than the money i was already on kind of thing so you know to go in as a sort of qa a tester or whatever it would have been difficult so you know i just uh, recently gone tipped over the other side of mid 30s and i saw this wanted ad and i just thought i'm never going to see another ad that says specifically i want somebody who can crap on a bit about video games and who's perhaps in their mid to late thirties and experiences all the, the things about being a video gamer that, that incorporates such as increasingly, uh, increasing lack of time and, you know, real life commitments and, and all that kind of thing. So I applied and, uh, Zib pretty much, we played street fighter for a bit and I beat him. And then I realized halfway through that maybe I should have done that thing. Like in, like in a sitcom where the boss comes around to play golf and you kind of go out of your way to let him win. (laughs) <laughs> to uh to get the rise you wanted but uh i realized after i was smashing his face off with ken or whatever uh but kindly enough he said uh the gig's yours after about what about 10 minutes 10 15 minutes it was yeah yeah it's it's just it was you know i just i knew right away that that you know that, like you were the one as it were um <laughs> yeah it's so emotional to break the beat you have to feel the little heat in the shoulder I am Chris, a.k.a. Lefty Brown. And I am Kelly, also known as Mrs. Lefty Brown. And we are the Married Gamers. Oh, yeah, that's who we are, huh? Uh, we started almost uh, two years ago. Almost to the date. And uh, the initial impetus of uh, the Married Gamers was we wanted to save our marriage. You know, our marriage was a little bit on the rocks. And uh, sitting down, we both love video games. And sitting down in front of each other behind a microphone for at least an hour. Initially, it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was. Uh, or Almost two, two hours. hours. <laughs> and just to talk and listen to one another, uh, we developed valuable ter- tools on how to relate to one another as husband and wife. And uh, so the Married Gamers, uh, I can happily say, enthusiastically say, saved our marriage. And I'm 
that is like the biggest reward of podcasting. And, uh, and also we built this awesome community that, that actually wants to listen to, to us talk about video but, games and life in general. But one thing that you didn't say is we also, when we started this, we sat down on Wednesdays. We would get together and go out to dinner. We kind of made it, uh, not only did we have a date to sit down and record a podcast, but we made a date night to go out to dinner or to sit down at the dinner table together because we would get home. We share one car. And so we literally were driving to work. So we talk in the car, go to our separate ways at work, get pick each other up from work talk in the car, and then go our separate ways in the house. And really, I would go to bed, you would go to bed, and not see each other until the next morning. And so we would force ourselves to one night a week on Wednesdays, just because it was the middle of the week, sit down and eat in front of each other rather than in front of our separate gaming consoles and talk about the show. And it not only became talking about the show, but talking about what was going on in our lives Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so it was it was uh, therapeutic and helpful in in helping us become our own marriage counselors. Yeah, yeah, but uh, more than that, you know, now that uh, our marriage is or is healthy again, uh, we're still loving doing the married gamers because uh, every week, and we've been doing this a lot of times live on ustream.tv, and it is literally so much fun to do this thing live, sort of like. uh, it's like a high wire, you know, uh, act because you don't know when you're going to mess up and, and, you know, and begrudgingly have to restart something. Well, and not only that, but, or when you're going to, um, you know, have something that, that flubs up in your, your face, whether it be, you know, suddenly one, there's been times when I've gotten sick in the middle of the podcast. And yeah. so it's like, quick, turn off the, turn off your, uh, video, video yeah. so that I can run out so I can barf and come back in and yeah. you have to run the circus as a one person and not have someone else to talk to. Yeah. Or there've been times when I was on pain medication and literally falling asleep while doing yeah. the podcast and trying to maintain a, a flow of the podcast yeah. and, you know, c- keeping, Keeping it lighthearted, even when we're sitting here flipping each other off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolling so the eyes not, at each other. I have to say, not every episode is a lot of fun because sometimes you're doing this thing when you're sick. So over time, there becomes this expectation that, oh, you got to do the show. And, you know, just like in life, there's a lot of hills and valleys and, uh, uh, you sort of weather through, through the valleys and, uh, you really do appreciate those 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 that be- beautiful vista from 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 those hills. But I think it, but I think it really, if you want to put it down into a concentrate it down into a a walnut a nutshell, you know of, of why we do this is we do it to sit across from each other week after week to be able to talk to each other about something that we both love yeah. and to bring in a community of people who enjoy the same things we enjoy, who enjoy listening to what we have to say and to express what we have to express. Yeah. And and one last thing too, an important component that we love why we do this is oftentimes we have guests on our show. And one of my favorite part times of, of doing the married gamers is when we have a guest that we just really hit it off with and we hit it off in an amazing way, you know, and, and not to stroke you uh, stroke off the uh, digital cowboys, but you know having the digital cowboys on our show was one of those moments. Uh, and uh, you just really have 
a blast getting to know these people who have their own show, have their own style, maybe are, are a little more explicit than we are. But you get them on our show or we're, you know, and uh, you just have this great friendship that you goes out of it. You have a vibe that just comes yeah, through. Yeah, you have this great vibe that you, you, you come off after recording you know, and you're like, boy, that was so much fun. Well, when we were, when we recorded with them, because we did their show and then we did our show, we spent almost five hours together yeah. total. Yeah, it and okay, yeah. it didn't, when we got done, yes, it was exhausting. I think well, all of our voices were probably dead tired, but we all came off of it going, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that 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 comes down to it. We podcast yeah. for the fun of it. Yeah. So long and short of it, I think that basically covers a lot of why we love doing the Married Gamers. Yeah, definitely. Break the with me tonight, baby. To make it all better. To remember. I'm Sinan Kuba. And I'm Joe D'Elia. And we are from Big Red Potion. I think from my my personal perspective, I'd I've always been a very creative person and really have enjoyed putting on shows. It was something I really enjoyed at university. Uh, I got involved with Play Society and as much as I enjoyed the acting side of it, I I enjoyed the directing side of it and and putting things together. So uh, I I just wanted really to combine that, uh, a love of maybe exploring deeper things and, and, and video games. And I had no idea how to do that for about five years. And then, uh, I started listening to podcasts, and I listened in particular to The Brainy Gamer, which uh, is run by Mike Herberts, and it's an excellent podcast, very, very deep gaming podcast, and to First Wall Rebates, which uh, is a very literary uh, podcast and games, looks sort of narrative, and those are my inspirations, and that, that's why I started, but uh, I certainly can't speak for Joe, and I think I've been rambling way too long, so uh, after about five shows, I, I met Joe, and... Uh, Joe wanted to get involved. Yeah, I mean, I listened to a few podcasts up to that point, but mostly ones from you know, major sites and stuff. And then when I heard what Sinan was doing, I was blown away by it. It was just this, it was such a different thing to hear these intelligent discussions about gaming, stuff that you would never really see on many sites or hear in many other podcasts, and uh, analyzing the issues that I thought really need to be out there. And um, when he invited me on the show, I was I was thrilled, and uh, I was extremely thrilled when he asked me to be a weekly part of it. So I think that you know this kind of show, um, you're not providing the same thing that everyone else provides. You know the what you've been playing, that type of thing. Uh, it provides you know gamers with uh, who have a deep passion for the industry, and also you know want the industry to go into topics that are a little bit deeper than the oh hands-on preview of this upcoming title. Um, I think that kind of that kind of podcast needs to be out there, and I think Big Red Potion at least partially fills the void that that's left by it. I mean, that's certainly one of the things. I'm, one of the emails we we've been exchanging with, with uh, Alex Tony Digital Cowboys was uh, in in the, the message was uh, along the lines of it's just really good that you're not doing a cookie cutter kind of show, and I I've, I've got no problems with the shows that go through what you've been playing, the news and all that. And I, you know, I, we've, I listened to some of them. We've both, uh, Joe and I, I think have guested on some of them, but I, I felt with our show, we just really wanted to do something that stood out and was different. And that's why I cited those two shows, the brainy game and the first one, really bit, because they both particularly different shows. They both explore issues related to gaming and, and far, deeper ways than, than most podcasts. And I, I think, you know, listening now back to Digital Cowboys, that, that's one thing uh, Alex and Tony do. So 
uh, is seen as really uh, kind of flattering to be invited to talk about our show uh, by, by by those guys. Uh, just actually, I was thinking with Joe, I mean, you know, we never really talked about how it all got started, uh, you and I, and um, when you first came on, I, I didn't think that podcasting was something you ever really wanted to get into, and I wasn't, I mean, really, was it how much how how much of it was just that I invited you? How much of it was it something you wanted to do always? Well, I mean, as you said, it, podcasting is kind of a new thing for me too. I just started listening to a few shows um, about maybe about a year ago, and um, I mean, I love them. And you know, I, like I always you know, read sites and do this, and I used to collect game magazines, that kind of stuff. But like, but the you know, the podcast offered a little bit more than you would ever find on a gaming site. So they really kind of caught my interest right away, and um, I, I had, of course, thought about you know somehow doing some type of thing like podcasting, but I never really seriously considered it. I never really thought of a, a way to do it cleverly. But um, you know, when I when I heard your show, and then when I got invited on your show, it was just like this this whole new world of, of type of podcasting, something like I'd never heard before because I hadn't unfortunately heard of First World Rebate or Bernie Gamer at that point. So. Um, yeah, I mean, once I once I kind of did it, and once that the first one was done, and my nerves were shot after the first one, I think that it, it instantly was something that I wanted to do right away again. Like the next day, I would have been all ready to go for another one. So I think, uh, even though I maybe a year ago I wouldn't have said, "Yeah, I'm going to be a games podcaster one day," I think um, as soon as it happened, it was like instant love. So I've got another question from that then, because when thinking about when I started it, it was very implicitly because I wanted to, like I said, make this creative thing. I I, I really wanted to just make a show and, uh, and uh, I, I, it wasn't necessarily about getting out there and getting my name across. It was just that I, I wanted to produce something creative and, and enjoy doing that. And, and six months on, I feel like my reasons have changed because of the fact that our show is guest-based. And I, for me, and I know this is going to sound a little bit corny, but actually, I really get into our show just through meeting people now. That's like the coolest part of doing Big Repression for me. I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah, um, I mean, the reactions that we've gotten from people and all the guests that we've had on have been absolutely fantastic, more than I ever even dreamed, uh, you know, in the, in the outset. And uh, it's it's a great part of it. I mean, it's a really enjoyable thing to, to, to know that a couple of people out there are really digging it and that the guests are really responsive to the questions we're asking and that they get really into the conversations just as much as you and I do. And, yeah, I mean, without the guests, I mean, I think it would be a totally different feeling. But, I mean, they really bring a, a whole new part of it, a new a new feeling of joy to it when the, the guests enjoy what we're doing just as much as we do. And then the audience is picking up on it and, you know, saying, oh, this is the you know, greatest part of my week was listening to your show, that kind of crazy stuff. That really has been a, an amazing thing that I never could have predicted. And I mean, uh, just in case it's come across as listening, as I was pimping or sharing, saying, isn't it really great we have guests? That sometimes, and I, you know, not the name names, sometimes we have duff guests, and sometimes we're pretty duff ourselves. So I don't think it necessarily works every time, but just, you know, the people that we've met doing this, I never thought I'd ever get the chance to speak to. Yeah, I just thought, you know, they're out, out of our league, and uh, it's really cool how doing this is actually giving us a platform to talking to the kind of people we really want to talk about games with and that, that that's why I really like the show and that's a really selfish reason but that, that is why I like the show my name is Daniel Floyd I run a little series of video lectures called uh, um, actually I don't know what they're called I never really came up with a name for them uh, anyway, I talk about video games on YouTube.
If you haven't seen these lectures, I release new episodes roughly once every few months. They're about 7 to 10 minutes each. Each episode covers a different game-related issue. Uh, games in storytelling, games in sex, games in the Uncanny Valley, etc. I discuss the history of the issue, the current state of things, uh, what this means for games, uh, why things might need to change, and maybe some ways that we can bring that change about. They started out as a project for school. I was studying animation at the Savannah College of Art and Design, and I had to write a research thesis for one of my classes. Along with the thesis, I had to give a ten-minute oral presentation, and rather than just bore myself and the rest of the class with another dull, nervous speech and a PowerPoint, I decided to make my oral presentation into a video, styled after the zero punctuation reviews, which had just started coming out at the time. And the video was a big success. I mean, I enjoyed making it, the class seemed to enjoy watching it, and so when another teacher gave me a similar assignment the next term, I decided to make another episode. That episode got a kind of unexpected surge of popularity once I put it on YouTube, it kind of started showing up on gaming news sites and blogs and such. And that ended up putting me in contact with a game designer from Activision named James Portnow. And we eventually ended up teaming up to continue making more of these lectures. So why do I do what I do? And why do I still invest all of this time into making these presentations long after I finished my studies at SCAD? There's not really a single reason. I guess the big reason, and probably the same reason that drives so many of us to make our podcasts and videos, is that we really love video games. We love this hobby. It's our passion. They entertain us, they make us think, and they inspire us. And we want to talk about them. I think it's the same passion that drives some gamers to create fan art and fan fiction, and others to rearrange video game music, others to make games of their own. And some of us are driven to create blogs or podcasts or whatever it is that I do. In the end, I don't think any of us would spend so much time and money working on these podcasts, videos, websites, and blogs if we didn't love this hobby so darn much. And I must admit that I do have some selfish reasons for continuing this lecture series. I've been studying animation for years now with hopes of working as an animator in the game industry. This series of videos has been a good way to put my name out there. I didn't expect it, but they've actually been a great networking tool. I've gotten to meet and work with people from various branches of the industry, and it's been a huge thrill to get the chance to talk and collaborate with people whose columns have helped inspire me to make these videos in the first place. But I guess the main reason I make these videos is because I'm excited by the potential I see in this medium. I don't think a lot of people, even gamers, spend much time considering what games can bring to the table as an artistic medium. That's pretty much the main objective of my lectures, to help people see games differently to help non-gamers to reevaluate their preconceptions of video games and see them as more than just toys or mindless entertainment, to help gaming veterans to explore facets of gaming they'd never really considered before, just to stir discussion in general and make people really think about what the games do, how we interact with them, and what they might be capable of. Which leads to the last big reason I do this, because I've received so much encouraging feedback ever since I started the series. People emailing me saying that they'd never really thought about that gaming issue before, people writing me with alternate perspectives on the issue or details about the issue that I hadn't really thought about myself or ever considered. And seeing people post my video in different forums and, and starting big debates and discussions there. I mean, the occasional email I receive from someone who doesn't really play games but still enjoyed the video and sees games a little differently now, I mean, those, are, I mean, those are extremely rewarding. I mean, it really makes me feel like the videos are making some difference, even just a small one, which is more than enough motivation for me to keep making more. So that's more or less why I do what I do. Um, my name is uh, Stephen Artlip. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, PlatformNation.com. Um, for those of you that don't know what PlatformNation is, PlatformNation um, is a community kind of um, portal or, or just kind of, kind of a community website where you know we get several of the what, what I at least like to think top-notch um, gaming podcasts out there in the uh, 
in the podcast world. And uh, we get them all them together and we collaborate with each other and, and we work together with each other. And we, we try to share, you know, the same community. We have one mass forms for all of our shows. And, um, you know, our website syndicates from their websites. So, um, you know, while, while someone might be like a fan of video game jocks and might go to Platform Nation, you know, they're, they're also being brought up to, brought up to date with what's going on like over on GameHounds or what's going on over at the Fanboys. So it's, it's kind of this bigger portal with these top-notch um, gaming community podcasts. I would imagine that takes up quite a lot of your time. Um, too much. Way too much. <laughs> How much of your week would you say that actually does consume? Um, like, like, let's, let's take today for instance. Today, today I woke up and, um, I woke up, I had work at four in the morning today, so, you know, I'm, you know, after, after like a three day weekend too, so I'm, I'm not feeling work at four in the morning, and I go and I sit down in front of my computer to just catch up with what's going on in the morning time, and boom, you know, I got emails, I got tons of emails saying, what's up with PN? And I was like, oh crap, it was working just fine last night. So I go to Platform Nation, and it was showing everything platform nation but two months ago it was like i went into a like pulled out one of the little time boxes or whatever and i'm looking at platform nation exactly two months ago and i'm like what happened to everything i've done in the last two months because seriously it all disappeared it went back to may 21st and i'm like what the hell just happened (laughs) all my posts are gone everything i've edited on the site everything just gone completely um all the files i've uploaded in two months gone so i'm just i'm just baffled i have no freaking clue what's going on and i'm like crap now i'm gonna be late for work and i'm trying to do all this and go to work and and i was on the phone with uh emotion hosting you know they do our hosting and they're great people and they're really really supportive so i'm i'm happy with them but um turns out after dealing with this for about two three two three hours this morning on and off the phone with them and looking through things on on our end um that there was some dns routing error not on our part but um that caused this whole issue, and it was loading actually um, one of the first um, iterations of Platform Nation when we first moved our hosting over to in, in motion hosting. So, I mean, yeah, things like that happen every couple of weeks, every once, at least once a month. Um, it kind of sucks when it happens. Uh, when you're a smaller site, you know, little hiccups like that are, are nothing. You know, you can go through a little hiccup, your site's not working exactly how you want to a day. You know, not not a huge deal, but you, you know, when you have a site like Platform Nation, which is, is a good thing that we have, you know, so many people going there and everything else, it's also a bad thing because any downtime, that many more people see it, and you have to get on the ball with it as soon as you can because it just does not look good to have your site down for any reason at all. Part of, part of the question we've been giving our, our people is that obviously podcasting aren't really a, a money-returning uh, thing, certainly for the people doing it. Um, for you, is it a slightly different situation where obviously you're, you have a quite a few uh, advertisements up there, but also financially to you, is it does, is it hard to keep a site such as the Platform Nation, such a big site, up out there just from your own pocket? Um, Platform Nation, well, I mean, if you count just host and loan, Platform Nation pays for itself. Um, if you count time and effort and equipment and all that stuff, Platform Nation is strictly out of pocket. Um, you know, we do giveaways, we support our riders, we pay for hosting. Um, we barely make it as is with advertising plus a little bit out of my pocket every month. So, um, and it's, it's been that way since since I started up Platform Nation. It's been that way when I was hosting over on the Gamers Pub and it was that way when we were hosting, when I was a host over on XBL Radio. Um, so for 
three, four years now, four, about four years, you know, it's out of pocket. So, so I mean, if this is something that's, that's costing you money on a monthly basis, why is it that you, you know, you strive to do this month in, month out? I mean, ultimately, you don't have a podcast yourself. So is it just, you know, the generosity of wanting to see other shows on there, you know, the goodwill of wanting to see some of these smaller shows become slightly bigger and, and push them forward? Or is it just, you know, you do so much work on the website that it becomes your own little baby, so you don't necessarily need the, the podcast itself? A little of the last two, actually. Um, I've done I've done so much work on Platformation. I, I love to see how it's grown and evolving and everything else. Uh, it's really cool to see, and and you know you you get that feeling where you know I did this, you know I I I put this much time into it, and it's mm-hmm. the success that is is reeking is because of my hard work. You you know you get that, and it's it's a great feeling. And then at the same time, you know you mentioned you know it's, it's seen other the podcasts that join become popular and become a huge success. I love that. You know, I love when we get a new show, you know, a show like no one ever heard of before and then they start listening, they're like, Oh my God, this show is really awesome. And then that shows, you know, starts ricking the success and they really take off. And, and it's just awesome. It's an awesome feeling to know, hey, I you know, I did a little to help them out, you know. You know, their success isn't because of me. You know, all these podcasts have their own shows and their success isn't because of me, but it's nice to know that I I did, you know, a little bit to help them out to, you know, help them get recognized. I, I do enjoy that too. A bit more of a personal question. Um, obviously, platformation takes so much time to actually organize and then, you know, like you say, if a server goes down, how does this really affect much with, you know, family life in the way that we, you know, we know that you have a small child? Um, you know, is your wife fairly supportive in in this huge hobby that you have of keeping this website up and running? Um, at times, uh, for the last part, <laughs> at times, um, you, you know, I, if, if I get too much into it and spend too much time, obviously, you know, it, it's not going to create a happy environment over on my end. Um, so I have to personally, I have to watch out and make sure I don't spend too much time, you know, working on platform nation that, you know, I, I have to put family into the mix as well. And, um, you know, if the young one on the way, I don't, I don't want to miss anything, you know, that's going on mm. with her because, you know, this might be my my only one. I don't want to be missing, you know, any of those moments or anything like that. So, um, luckily for for us for Platform Nation, we have a pretty good staff that helps out a lot. We have Scott, um, our man- managing editor. Um, he's actually in charge of all the writers over on Platform Nation and in charge of the editors over there. We have a few editors that help out. Scott's, Scott's the head guy. And then with our podcasts, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but podcasters are serious divas. Um, <laughs> they have huge freaking heads. And, um, luckily, um, Edie from GameHounds.net, um, she, she stepped up and volunteered and she's actually in charge. She's the, the podcast manager over for Platform Nation. So she helps out with um, me with pretty much all things podcast for 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 the most part now um Edie deals with all things podcast and scott for the most part deals with all things writing which leads me to to work on platform nation as a whole and work on you know getting it out there in the community and getting it recognized so i'm almost now for the most part almost just like a um marketing platform nation or like a community manager for platform nation just getting it out there it's like when pax is coming up um i was invited to to be on one of the panels at tracy 360 from xbox from microsoft mm-hmm. uh-huh. going to be uh, doing and um it's going to be about involving or it's going to be something like involving the community or keeping keeping the community engaged i believe is what the panel is about so um, I felt kind of honored almost to be on that panel because some of the other names on that panel are kind of big names. Isn't Bernie so, Burns on that one? Um, yes, and um, Jeff Rubenstein from PlayStation Blog. Oh, um, 
So, I mean, it's it's a pretty big panel. You know, we got Microsoft people up there. KP from from Microsoft is up yep. there. Best thing about your job, worst thing about your job as for what you do for Platform Nation? The best thing has got to be dealing with the community and, and being a part of you know the awesome game community. I, I get to meet cool people all the time, like like you guys. Um, I get a um, when we do our gaming nights, we get these all of our communities, you know, going in there and playing with us and and our readers and our followers, you know, going with us and gaming with us. And it's just so fun gaming with these people that you know follow your site, that read what you write, and and it's just a whole level, another level of interaction. And um, probably the worst thing would just be the amount of time. That, that you know, the bigger you get, the more amount of time that you have put into it, and um, it sucks. But but you know, you you do kind of reap the rewards, and you know, the more time and effort you put into your site, the bigger and better the rewards are going to be. And ultimately, that's what your team is there for. That's what uh, Edie and Scotty are there for to basically shoulder mm-hmm. the uh, the extra burden for you. So it's yeah, not they, complete they've they've helped so much. much with all the extra work. So I'm I'm very appreciative of them. As are we. Vera dumped that lion loud in the dust behind the train He'd angled for a child but caught a heartless hurricane Game hounds I, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize how much I loved doing this until I started doing it you know, and I, I still, I, I, guess I, I guess when it comes down to the question of why do you do this I do it because I like it Yeah no other grand reason. You do it because um, it's instinctual. If you stopped doing it, you realize that you're you'd have a lot, lot more time, but you would be an unhappier person. You can't well, yeah, no, help I, yeah. but do it. Yeah, I mean, I took I took a huge hiatus um, for I mean, like a, for a huge hiatus. I had like an eight month period where it was like, you know, I wasn't doing podcasting, and then I was like, God, I really miss that, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I I didn't know what the podcast about. I'd already done the, like the video game technology thing, and I was like, and then I just started a podcast just about whatever the hell was on my mind that day mm-hmm. so and that you know then then led into game hounds and you know what's also weird about podcasting is that in no other real quote-unquote hobby have i ever had that a that i've stuck with it this long and put this much energy into it and not felt like I, it had robbed my life. I mean, I look at, like, WoW. And by this point, when I was playing WoW, I felt that I, I knew what I was doing was just unhealthy and needed to stop. But the friends that I have made through podcasting, I mean, you think of people like Hawks. You think of people like uh, like you, like Kropotkin, like Hendrix, like Steve519 uh, from Platform Nation, like Bobby Blackwell for me. These are people that really are some of the closest friends I have ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are so near and dear. They're on the inner circle. They're, they're on the inside of the onion. That if anything happened to them, it would really just, it would hurt me as, if, as much as if it would had hurt a member of my family, if something had happened to a member of my family. And you, th- that kind of love really isn't something that I just hand away easily. It's something that has to be earned. And it's earned through just the purity of enjoying each other's company. And when you look at it, wow, that's a lot of people. You think, yeah, that is a lot of people, except we're talking about a world of people. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, these, this is the entire, scoping the entire, practically the entire globe when I talk about people that I consider dear close friends and that's another great thing about especially independent podcasting but podcasting of any kind is that it just really brings you so close to each other um, um, and you have this 
commonality, especially in your language, where you can say, oh, I have to go, I got a podcast, and everybody goes, oh, I understand, or I just lost my podcast. Everybody goes, oh, God, is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> or even if, like, you know, if you're talking to somebody, it's like, oh, we're wasting good show. Yeah, you're right. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, 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 I met the love of my life because of podcasting. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, literally, I mean, it's... Uh, we met because of my podcast. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Oh God, she's gonna kill me for telling the story. Um, I don't know. She uh, she listened to our show, and um, she's a groupie. God damn it! Why does everybody say that? She's not a groupie. <laughs> she listened to the show, and I don't know, we just we just got talking. And if it, and, and you know, I don't know. It would it was. Uh, that's, no, that's awesome. Listen, I, you're, I am in no mood to judge anybody. I'm in no, no place to judge anybody about how they meet somebody. Trust me. No, we, we met we met through the show. And, I mean, it just, you know, we got to know each other, obviously. It wasn't, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, it, and, and uh, my, my friend Jason, who made my longtime co-host, I mean, we met through the show as well. And, you know, by the time the halfway through the show's run, I mean, he was, he was co-hosting the show. And then, you know, he did my, the next podcast I did, he was on like pretty much the entire run with me for that thing. So uh, podcasting has become a huge part of my life. Yeah. Podcasting really is in many ways, my only social outlet. It's the thing that I do for me. Other, some women, my age scrapbook, some women my age have kids and do the soccer mom thing. Because remember, I am 42. I am old enough to be most of my audience's mom. Helicopter parent. <laughs> yeah. And I can't – I don't have kids. I don't want kids. And I don't this – is, this is what I do for me. This is my hobby. But I take it so very seriously because I really do see that, that especially independent podcasting has a very important voice because it fills a niche that – Corporate podcasting can't possibly fill because they're corporate. Just by definition, they take money from people. They've got to do something like that. You know, they've got to yeah. they they've got to be in a way slow and lumbering where we can be on the fly, jump in, just do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. Well, they they aren't doing it so much out of love. I mean, mm-hmm. look at it, it's a job. It's a job. If, if that person eps up and they get fired, then they'll get somebody else to do it. Yeah, you know. Just like any other entertainment medium, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good work, you know. I, you know, it'd be cool if you got paid for it. Sure, you know. I mean, then why the hell not get paid for something you love doing? But with the independence, you know, it's like you truly love it. You do it because you want to do it. A lot of people do it because they, you know, have these delusions of grandeur that they're someday going to get rich. Someone's going to call them up and say, "We're going to pay you lots of money to do what you do." And it's like, you know, those those days aren't going to happen. Yeah, that's um, in fact that's that's the biggest mistake I can think that an independent podcaster could ever make. Is that you'll ever make money doing it? Yeah, that I mean, was possible three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. Even you know, like when you started, it yeah. was possible to make money at a podcast. Well, Not I saying, anymore. You know, I, I, I got that phone call, but that was again back in two thousand five. You know, right. right? It was very different. Yeah, you aren't. You, you never make money at podcasts. It will always eat your money. It will always eat your life. It will always eat your time. But you do it because you can't help it, and. You also actually brought up a real interesting point that I hadn't thought about. That when you are a corporate podcast, you can't do things differently because you work from a place of fear. You're afraid to lose your job. Mm-hmm. You're afraid. You're afraid because 
let's face it, anybody in the world wants your, everybody in the world wants your job if you get paid to podcast, which is rare, but there are a few that actually can do it. You know, you look at people like Leo Laporte, but you are afraid to lose your, well, Leo Laporte's different because Leo Laporte is his own person. But there, you were afraid to, to get the letter or the phone call that says, I'm sorry, we're going to go with somebody else. When you are an independent podcaster, you can make decisions very easily because you are working from a place of love. You're, and if, and failure is not death in podcasting, which is different from terrestrial radio. It's different from corporate podcasting too. Oh yeah. Yeah. In, in, in traditional radio, you're only as good as your last show. Right. Yeah. And failure in some ways, cases can be funnier some cases it's better because it makes you realize that you make mistakes you can go through every podcast goes through like you know the hills and valleys the high points and the low points and you go through like you know times when you're just running out of shit to talk about podcasting puberty it is everybody that's a podcaster go back and listen to your first 10 episodes and cringe (laughs) hi guys Welcome to the Game House Podcast. (laughs) I mean, do do you think Paul McCartney was writing number one hits like his first hundred songs? No. It took him a while to practice. Yeah. Everybody, you have to get there. Yeah. Game of Dork. How how are you finding it now? Like, I've been podcasting now for, uh, like, we'll be running on to 18 months, getting, you know, very close to that. And obviously my family, everybody knows, you know, in, in the house on a Saturday night, you know, most, most of the time a Saturday night is, is, is daddy's podcasting night, you know, because I've, I've got, I've got yeah. a child as well. And, um, you know, the, the routine of it is, you know, has, has been now very well accepted, you know, with my wife, you know, she's very patient for it. Have, how do you find, like, obviously, now you've got this, you know, you've got this show, we do it twice a week now, it's a massive time sink. Um, are you, have you have you had any schedule clashes yet? Have you, have you thought has it, has it been at any one point you've thought, oh fuck, I've got to do the podcast? No, absolutely not. Uh, the only thing I'm thinking of the midweek one is that I, I am quite a major football fan of both my local team, hence my sort of adopted surname of Albion. I'm a Brighton fan, and also of you know general Champions League and Premier League and all that. So I am thinking that you know schedules maybe uh, have to be more adaptable. But to be honest, this this uh, game of dork project I, I don't even like calling it a project because it's it's something more important than that but mm-hmm. it's uh is is the best thing that i've sort of knew in my life for a long long time and um no so you know we, we've committed to it to the point that we're going into business together um yeah. just for the sheer sake of um making game of dork a limited company which is really your idea obviously but i'm coming on board as an equal partner and we're going to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. co co-directors you're you're the managing director but i am a director with equal shares and uh you know and a, a few people got us wrong thinking that we you know we we think we're gonna make ourselves rich out of this and but of course we're not naive we're, we're far too old and worldly wise to know that that's extremely unlikely but yeah um but what we do want to do is is it's it's just helpful in terms of kind of um attracting interest and getting yourselves heard uh, when it comes to games developers and publishers, so moving moving on in the future, we we should be able to perhaps secure ourselves a few more kind of review copies and interviews and that kind of thing, which obviously helps us make a, a better product. Um, I recently did my first 
ever interview with with a, a developer and that went well and we're keen to do more of that kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah no um, i mean god no no clashes uh, everyone everyone in my real life my outside of gaming life is absolutely thrilled for me genuinely that i'm finally sort of doing something that's based around this passion that they all know i've had since i was a very little child and that's you know it's 30 years ago so 30 plus years ago so it was about bloody time i did something creative based around video games without being egotistical about it you know you as a as a podcast as many other podcasters out there you know we've got some proper core fans you know people who really enjoy regularly listening to the crap that we spew you know quite easily <laughs> if i came away from this if, if, if gamer dork ended tomorrow the one thing i would say that i got from it is I mean, just recently we, we launched our first Gamer Night and we played a game that none of the two of us would have thought that we, that, you know, had it not been for GamerDoc, I certainly yeah. would never have played it. Um, That's right. And you meet, you know, you meet all the people who come by the forum and who spend time, you know, listening to your, to your shows and, you know, you get to know them and you get to make new friends and you, it's, okay, it's video gaming. Everybody in this pastime, we'll call it, you know, we all know what it's like to play a video game, but... When you open up your doors to, like, your audience and your public and, you, th- you know, you're finding out what they want to play, it, it does generate a good, a good portion of a new experience. No, I was just uh, going to say that um, yeah, it's uh, the, the way the way my job's gone. It's, there's been sort of in, just to do with the, the way the the office that I work in is that there have been fewer and fewer opportunities to meet um, new people in real life. Obviously, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a, a group of wonderful friends who, who most of the, whom have been my friends since a long, long time ago. But in terms of meeting new people, this is actually the most of that I've done. Even though I'm meeting them over headsets, I'm still meeting new people, and you know, I'm getting. Uh, messages on the, some of the most surreal things are that getting the sort of uh, messages on Xbox Live from people just sort of say you know from America and stuff saying that I heard the show and um, I got one from a guy this week saying uh, you know add me to your friend list but I understand if you don't as if as if somehow you know because I was on a podcast I wouldn't want him on my friends list or, or that I would have too many requests and it's like God no you know mm-hmm. as far as I'm all I all I do is sit sit in a bedroom and. Uh, in a games room rather and talk into a headset and uh yeah bring you know until my friends list is full everyone's welcome yeah um and i you know there was a there it, it's still all quite surreal just seeing even people uh talking about me in the third person on, on forums and that you know i'm not saying it happens a lot um but i i knew there'd be a, a slightly difficult transitional period because the guy i was effectively replacing was uh so likable and so well loved by the Game Adult listeners that it was always going to be um, a, a bit of a, 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 bit, a bit jarring for people, you know, like 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 when a band gets a new guitarist or something, yes, you know, yes. he's never going to be as good as the old one, kind of thing. And and to be honest, I've had a couple of uh, a couple of days where there's been a bit of stinging criticism, and and I am quite sensitive, so on it, and it does sting. But I've had so much more kind of positive feedback about the show as a whole that that it easily outweighs it, and and. Um, yeah, you got to try and remember that, and not not take the uh, take the knocks to heart because everyone, everyone who anyone who takes this podcast in lark on, you will occasionally get you know uh, somebody saying that they don't like what you do, but yeah, not everyone's going to like you. So that's, that's no right. Problem. That's right. And do you find that now that you're a podcaster, do you find that it's changed you as a gamer? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm certainly more conscious of why I like what I like and why I don't like what I don't like in games. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
obviously I've still only written the one review in my whole life, even at age uh, 37, which was just a few weeks ago. Actually, I tell a lie, I did write one to, uh, I applied for a job at the one for Amiga games back in about 91, but uh, that was probably <laughs> dreadful. Um, but yes, it makes me think more about, yeah, the things I do like and, and don't like about games. And, you know, I quite enjoy the English language and I like trying to use the, thes- the I can't say it but I like using it the thesaurus in my brain yeah. to try and come up with new ways of expressing my emotions about games uh, and, I, and I think I get that from you as well that, that you like to really nail the the experience in a, in a few words in, in, in a sort of you know so, some sound not a sound bite because that makes it sound kind of glib but just some neat expressive way of getting across the way a video game experience makes you feel without sort of waffling like I've just been doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what I found um, is you can't go, you can't make a podcast by saying, "Oh my god, I played Gears of War two the other night and it was brilliant. I really loved it." And it gets it really that. boring really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you might as well just make a checklist, and it's been a challenge for me. I've always been a video gamer, but harking back to you know the whole roots of gamer dark, I was. I, was, I could talk about music all day long, but it, I found it a bit of a challenge, especially when you know when I started to partner up with Uzi. He, he, that guy was really very eloquent when it comes to talking yeah. about video games, and you are too, by the way. But he was he was a real baptism of fire for me at the time, you know, because I didn't I certainly. I'm not saying I'm a great podcaster, but I didn't have the same skills back then as I do now and it's right. been a real, real challenge for me to, to, to learn how to actually talk about a video game and I'm always learning always learning you know, new ways of expressing myself yeah I think I think you're, you're getting to a point where you're almost passable and uh... thank you thank you it's because I've got you <laughs> <laughs> obviously um, I'm kidding yeah yeah but it's yeah it's, it's I don't know what I would do with myself now if I didn't podcast anymore uh, it's become a social event for me um, even just meeting you on a you know like a Wednesday evening or a, a Saturday evening, um, yeah. having a couple of drinks, just shooting the breeze and talking about video games and the stuff that we love, and and, and learning so much you know about just people, just how, how people work and video gamers and you know sharing a real. I, I, I hang about in a group of friends who don't particularly. Some of them play video games, but certainly they're certainly not what I would call a core gamer. So this is like a dirty little secret for me, where I can come up the stairs and I can break, you know, I can open up that nerd gland. Unleash your inner dork. Yes, unleash the inner dork, you know. And so it's, it's. I would be a bit lost, you know. I would feel as if maybe somebody cut one of my hands off if I didn't podcast anymore. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. Big Red Potion. Just to be fair, when you first started Big Red Potion, what did you think? six months out what did you think it would be like did you imagine it would be like this or did you well, think I, I didn't think it would last six months because <laughs> it, was, it was just it, it, as, as we found just you know before recording this cast I don't know the first thing that I'm doing with podcasting uh, you know we've just had Skype tr- troubles my microphone died on me um, I thought that I was going to train wreck this and I'm just amazed that it's still going I thought that it would give me a bit of experience it would it was worth having a go at and uh, like I said I just got got into the whole thing of making it but um, you know I, I think that six months on like I feel really good about doing this show and I really think like we've got something very special and I actually uh, now can't really imagine 
stopping doing the show, which is really, really cool. That's like a bizarre, you know, I don't think, I think, <laughs> God, imagine if we're doing this 10 years down the line, that would be terrible. <laughs> I hope we're not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd be sick of you by then. Uh, so, I mean, what, what's your, and now, what's your primary reason for doing the show? Um, honestly, I, I get a lot of joy out of it. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, we have to, uh, Sinan and I, we both kind of go back and forth on topics every couple of weeks and we go back and forth on guests. It's a lot of, uh, running back and forth. It's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of, you know, thinking carefully about what you, where you want these, you know, certain conversations to go. And of course, thinking on the fly when they don't go that way and you have to kind of, you know, roll the punches. But, um, I, I love it. It's just, uh, you know, it's an output. Like, I mean, everything. Like, you know, writers, they, they, they write articles and they, they write journals and stuff to get their output and everything. And, and I think that, like, the, for me, the most enjoyable output that I have right now is the podcast. I love going on. I love talking. I love saying stupid things and, and seeing the reactions. <laughs> but, um, I think it's just a, it's a really great way to um, share your thoughts about an industry that, you know, there's a there's a, a lot of love for and a lot of people get really into and and to have people listen to your stuff and listen to your opinion and, and get value out of it. I think that's, that's the reason that keeps me going. And I, that's why I really look forward to doing the show every week. How about you? Well, that's, I, I just, I feel like we're probably going to overstep how much time we, we should be talking about this, but it's really interesting. You said that the listeners are a part of it. I mean, how, how important is that to you? If no one was listening to our show, would, would you still do it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, um, if even only for my own personal selfishness of wanting to get my opinion out and just say these <laughs> things are in my head, um, I would absolutely still be doing it. But the fact that we do get feedback and we do, you know, uh, that people do enjoy what we say, I think that just adds so much to it. Yeah, I would agree. I think, it, honestly, I, I think you're a better man than me. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's important that we have listeners because I think they contri- contribute to the discussion as much as uh, we do in the end. You know, Twitter, all our discussion ends up being on Twitter after the show and we have this huge conversation and Twitter is the most terrible platform for talking about our show. <laughs> but uh, that's where it ends up. I think we need a forum or something. So we've been asked a question. It's a question many podcasters are asked by our friends, the Digital Cowboys. And this question goes as follows. Why do we do what we do? All we want is chicks! Why do we put ourselves out every single week to sit down for sometimes up to two hours to record a discussion about video games and the culture that surrounds it? Why do we do what we do for very, very little fiscal return? Why do we do it? Well, I think we have an answer for you. Yes, gents, you just uh, tune up there. That's right. I think we're going to be in the key of E. Take it away.
Yeah, so that's why we podcast. I'm right on task since you asked. I'm doing great, really. I am. I don't think. I don't blink. I just press on, press on. So I'm Elaine. And I'm Leah from Some Other Castle. Why do we do this to ourselves? Uh, it, it gives us an excuse to sit in a room and drink heavily uh, about once a week. <laughs> That's one true fact about this. This is true. We do do a lot of that. And it's an excuse for why we watch terrible movies. Yes, yes. That we, does not involve I like terrible movies because I don't really like to admit that out loud. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it gives you a uh, kind of a fallback position. You don't have to admit it. It's it's for the greater good. No, right? really, guys, I don't like terrible <laughs> movies. Go and watch more This is movies. painful. I don't want to be doing this. What's on the schedule for next week again? The uh, Legend of Chun Li again. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so now why do we really podcast? Um. I started podcasting a while before you did. Yeah, yeah, And I think there's a small part of it that likes to hear myself talk on the internet, even though I won't listen to my own podcast. Um, oh, I do. I do every week. It's weird that you do I don't, that. I don't know why I do that. I, I, I think I like to hear myself talk, too. You really like to I, hear Yes, I really like to hear myself talk. <laughs> on the internet. Yes. Um, I started podcasting because I, it was my way to collect all of my gaming news into a place that made sense. Like, otherwise, it's very easy to just be like, whatever. It's a lot of information. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel a lot better, uh, I, I guess, better prepared, better uh, informed since I started doing this. Because I, I know that I'm going to sit down once a week and I'm going to get a handle on what's going on and I'm going to kind of get it all organized. And uh, kind of. I have to be able to semi-intelligently talk about it. So I, uh, I, I think that's, that's a pretty big bonus for me. Mm-hmm. I think I also do this because it's like, this is like girl nerd time for yes us. yes you like, don't get a whole lot of that this is like we can hang out once a week with a, we have an excuse to hang out yes. once a week but not that we really need an excuse to hang out no once a week, but, but it's, it's like girl time plus nerd time is my favorite day yes it's the best day it's fun i love podcast day podcast day is my favorite and listener mail I, I love that people send us listener mail i i i don't know if i've mentioned that before um listener mail yeah li- listener mail video game <laughs> that had to be in here somewhere um <laughs> I, and I think that that actually brings up the other really good point is that it's nice to interact with a community of people. Like, yeah. It's like having a big open conversation with a community of people and getting – you put your ideas out there and then you get their ideas back. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of this, this like interaction that happens that way and I really like it. You develop inside jokes like video yeah. games and no pants yes. with your community <laughs> of people that listens to your show. Also, I think they all know that I want to divorce my husband before he does. <laughs> divorce exclamation point? It, with the arm up. <laughs> yes. They all know. But I think that's like it's cool. It's like opening a dialogue with people you've never met in, in kind of like a safe and warm and fuzzy way about something that you all love. I don't I don't think I'm ever going to get over the fact that like people listen to us and actually like pay attention. Like people listen to our why do they listen to me? I'm, I'm a drunken idiot. I mean, that's like, it's the best part. Oh, wow. That, that, I don't know. I, I guess that's an ego boost, kind of. There know? it is. See, this is why we actually <laughs> podcast. Really? We just, <laughs> we, we just feel better about ourselves because yeah, of it. I mean, I, it's, it's cool. I, I like to feel good about myself. <laughs> I feel like kind of a big deal. That is all. Yeah. I want a t-shirt that says that. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, on and the then back. like the Some Other Castle logo on the back. Done. I think, I think we should We also that. need one that says divorce. But, so, <laughs> we, so yeah. we have to, we have to, I guess we have to sum this up okay. or something. So okay. community good. Yes. Um, what else did we talk about? See, um, we don't even know. This most is most of it was ego stuff. It's true. <laughs> we like community. We like, um, here, we like. Hearing ourselves talk. Making it, making ourselves feel good. No. We sound like such girls. I know. 
Like this is this is our equivalent of like going out and flirting with people. <laughs> we flirt with the internet. It's true, we do. <laughs> and then we get twelve listeners. That's our oh man, that's our new tagline. Some other castle. We flirt, we flirt with, with the, the internet. internet. Game us with jobs. You know, I, I think there's a uh, there's kind of an underlying question here, and we might kind of want to address this as well. The underlying question seems to be, why are we doing this essentially for free? Why aren't we trying to ingratiate ourselves with lots of companies so they'll send us lots of free games, so we can get lots of advertising, so we can make lots of money, and on and on and on? Because, um, I mean, we... I, my impression is, and, and this is at least how I feel, I take a lot of pride in being very, very independent and talking about what I want to talk about and, and not what somebody else wants to talk about. And that's not always how it goes with, with some of these places. Why, why do you guys, you know, why don't you, why don't we try to make a lot of money and be rich and, and, and turn our, our listeners into profit? Uh, see, that's an interesting question because it's not for lack of trying, frankly. Uh, if, if, I, <laughs> if I could open the show with a quick like ad for you know, audible.com or something I like, yeah, sure. I mean, why not? You know, I mean, we do put a lot of time and effort into this, but, uh, but yeah, I think that the, it's, it's the, the philosophy is just if you do something you love, then it could just be that the money's just going to come. If that's what you're in, in it for, if you're in it for the money from the start, go get a paper route. Do not podcast. There's, there's no money in the podcasting bucket for anybody right now. Uh, but if you do something you really enjoy, then other opportunities could come from that. I mean, uh, Rob has certainly found some opportunities editing some other uh, stuff uh, on the side and, and all sorts of things. So it's as far as that goes. But I, I think the bigger point is definitely having your own voice. I, I think that... Uh, we, we there's definitely an element of us just kind of being fed up with what we were getting from coverage from other sites. We, we weren't getting necessarily the authentic uh, voice that we wanted because it was just a lot of, as much as I like listening to podcasts from actual journalists, I never really felt necessarily like we were getting uh, an unfiltered view because there's so many things that go into being a, a pro that, that, that will impact what you have to say about games. And they never say the right thing, whereas I always do. So... <laughs> There's, there's that aspect well, as well. God. I, I think I think it's also something that's really consistent with the site, right? So Elysium and I, you know, spend a fair amount of time doing writing for pay for other people, right? Other sites, magazines. And you know, having gamers with jobs as sort of our home as our anchor site and it not being a sort of big commercial venture, um, not only is it a great story to tell, but it is in fact a great anchor, right? It is very refreshing to know that what we have at gamers with jobs is something that is rigorously edited, extremely high quality that we all really care about that we don't worry about whether or not we're pissing off an advertiser, right? That is, that to me is incredibly important. And that doesn't mean that we won't ever come up with advertising that works or something like that. But, but that independence is, I wouldn't be here without it. Exactly. Really. Wow. You know, I wish other podcasts gave us an opportunity to run infomercials for the show. I, I think this is really great. <laughs> <laughs> we Some should do that all the, the time. The jobs conference call. Uh, so I hope that gives you a little bit of insight into why we do this crazy podcasting thing. And uh, you can check us out on GamersWithJobs.com. Bobby Blackwolf. I'm going to break it down into two different questions, and I'm going to answer them in reverse chronological order. The two questions really should be, why did you start 
and why are you still doing it? Because uh-huh. that's that's kind of the big thing is because, you know, we're not doing this for money. I'm not making any money off this. And so there's a reason that you start, and then there's a reason that you stick with it. A lot of people start and don't stick with it. So I'm going to answer both of those questions in reverse chronological order because the shorter answer is why do I still do it? And I still do it because deep down it's fun, and uh, a couple people actually do like listening to what I do, and it's a good feeling. I am inherently a performer. Um, I enjoy performing. I enjoy performing on stage. I, I perform in music and stuff, and the podcasting, be it either the radio show or the, the new video show, it's just an extension of me performing. And there's that performer's rush of being on stage, you know, which helps because I do it live, so I have an audience uh, that's giving me instant feedback. There's that rush, and not a lot of people want to get away from that. That's why you see you know, rock stars continually go on tour, because of the adrenaline of going on stage. Yeah, and there are times I sit there and I go, yeah, you know what, I don't feel like doing this tonight. And then I look in you know, our chat room or whatever, and I see somebody there that can't wait for it to start, and they're there two hours early. And that makes it worth it to me to continue doing it. Um, and that's why the editing portion of that goes on afterwards sometimes takes a long time because uh, I've got other things going on in my life. My life's getting pretty hectic right now. And uh, you know, there's no performance aspect of that, so... I've kind of gotten a little behind on that, which I really do need to rectify, but I've still been going on the air because the actual part of talking into the microphone is still gives me that kind of performance rush. And uh, so that's why I still do it, and it's just it's become a part of my routine, and I'm not exactly sure what I'd do on a Sunday night if I wasn't doing this. Um, the broader question is, why did you start? And I'm going to give you an answer that you probably have not heard from somebody and you probably will not hear from anybody else because it's more of a personal story. Um, and a lot of people don't know this uh, in the in the podcasting sense uh, or the podcasting world or whatever. It, um, basically, I got a very difficult life lesson handed to me about two years before I started the show, maybe three years before I started the podcast. Uh, I was engaged to uh, to a girl that I met in college, and uh, she would do all these extravagant things. Um, take every opportunity that she was able to. She would go places that you know didn't mean anything for her career. It was just you know, hey, you know, one of the things she had an opportunity to go report for some college newspaper about uh, at the Democratic National Convention uh, in the late '90s, and so she was out there and she got published in that and. You know, that wasn't what she was going to school for, but she just said, you know, it's an opportunity. It was there. I took it. And I'm like, but why? Why would you do that? Uh, the footnote to that is that she was suffering from Crohn's disease, and she passed away in 2002. And I looked, and, you know, at the big telling moment for me was that she was always kind of, she was the adventurous type when she could, and she spent a lot of time in the hospital when we were dating. Uh, we're talking months at a time. And so whenever she could do an opportunity, even if it was off-the-wall crazy, something she'd never thought she would ever do, she took it. And her obituary at 25 years old was older, was longer than mine was going to be at 60, at the way that I had been going. I had lost several opportunities just because I didn't care. And I was like, yeah, I could do that, but why? I don't feel like it. 
And so from that point on, I really started to grasp all the opportunities. And that's why, you know, I've been to Japan since then because that opportunity presented itself. And I've done a bunch of other things, performed in musicals and, and as a performer, drummer, uh, not on, not as an actor. And I've done all that, and it was basically because of her and her, the way she lived her life, and she was right. And I didn't realize that until after she passed away. Uh, and one of my regrets from college is that I could have done the college radio station. She actually did do the college radio station. She was a DJ there, and uh, I actually went up there one time when she was up uh, there, and I was like, I could have done this, but I turned down the opportunity when I had the chance. And so that was kind of, that's one of my biggest regrets in college, which for in the terms of people having regrets from college, that's a very tame one, and I'm glad that that's one of my biggest regrets and not something worse. But uh, it, it bothered me that I, I had that opportunity and I lost it, and I lost her because she had actually taken all of these opportunities. So when... I learned about podcasting and, you know, or actually I even did the show before podcasting or right at the beginning of podcasting. I didn't really know what it was because I didn't have an iPod and I didn't care. Um, I had done the show on Live 365, which was another streaming service for about 10 weeks. And then I started the real show about a year later. That was partly because the opportunity was there. You know, uh, iTunes had just added the podcasting section and the opportunity was there. And it was a way for me to atone for not doing it in college when I had the chance, because it was right there. They said, hey, Bobby, you got a great radio voice. Why don't you come here, work with the college radio station? And I said, I'd love to, but uh, I, I, I don't feel like it. And I've learned never to say that ever again, and that's really why I got started. And then I stayed doing it because of what I answered in the first que the first question that I answered, you know, about the performance rush and that people actually do like to hear what I have to say for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I, I just I enjoy doing it. But the impetus to start was just because the opportunity was there and I do not let opportunities get away from me anymore. And uh, her obituary is still longer than mine. But I know that whenever I go, that's the first thing we're going to do is compare obituaries and see who's longer. And I hope I win. My name's Tony Atkins from the Digital Cowboys. Uh, why do I do what I do? Um, this is actually quite a personal tale, I think, why I continue after two and a half years doing what I do on the Digital Cowboys. And for me, actually, a lot of it is to do with um, community. I, I, I think if there's any podcaster out there that doesn't say that they don't get a buzz from hearing back from their you know, fans, as I use that as an elusive term, um, but me personally, take it away from you know the community replying to me. I I had like a an average childhood, and you know what? I didn't do the best I ever could have done at school. I was one of those kids that just kind of pushed my way through school, uh, made as little fuss as possible, and got to the end of it and found myself a job. I hadn't really any interest of um, pushing for, further into university or anything. And you know what? It's it's something that I actually. Really, really, really regret now. Um, not that I don't have a good job. Um, I, I work for myself. I have my own business. Um, you know, things are going perfectly fine, so I, I can't complain there. But one of the things I did slack on is I'm actually quite dyslexic. Um, so 
what this really prevents me from actually doing quite often is actually being quite creative. So when it comes to getting down and writing articles, um, I've got a ton of ideas in my head and I've just never really been one to actually get them down on a piece of paper because I, I've always suffered with uh, dyslexia. Um, and what the podcast is actually meant for me is that I can actually grasp something because I can, I can speak perfectly well. You know, occasionally I muddle my words, but, you know, you get over that after a, uh, after a period of time. But it, it's meant that I've had really some really good ideas, which I couldn't actually put down on a piece of paper and, and dry forward and, and make great articles out of them. Because, you know, if I've ever done that, it's taken a lot of time, and a lot of effort. Um, and the po- what the podcast has done for me is actually meant I've, I now actually have a voice that um, I can I can bring these ideas from the very concept of what's in the back of my brain, kind of jot them down as an idea on a piece of paper, and then bring it to the forefront and actually send it out to the community. So rather than being dyslexia kind of holding me back because you know I can't get the messages across out on on the screen, what I can actually do is use my voice. I can use all this stuff in the back of my head and just push it out onto the public. And for me, that's a really important thing it's it's actually something that has built my confidence up um and having people say that they really like the shows that we've been doing and the ideas and stuff knowing that i've been you know a big part of that and actually getting that stuff out there has been i don't know just a, a really inspirational thing for me so uh, uh this is probably why i continue doing the the hours that it takes to put these kind of podcasts together i got to fly My name's Alex Shaw. I'm from the Digital Cowboys. The reason I podcast is because I have to do something. I've got a lousy job. I really, really don't. Not only do I not enjoy myself, I feel that I've been wasting the past 10 years of my life, at least. And that I haven't, you know, my home life is great. I really love my wife. I really love my child. But I don't feel that I have achieved anything else. I've always thought that if I went back to a uh, 10-year high school reunion, I'd be just hanging my head in shame. Like, well, whereas all of the friends that I used to have have gone off and done, made themselves a part of something and you know, talk about what they do. I have done very little. I've been a waiter. I, I fold sweaters at the Gap. However, this podcast I can do. This is something I can really pour my energies into. This is something I can create. I have this drive to create. And it basically means that when I come home, I'm thinking about this at the back of my mind. Even when I'm relaxing, I'm thinking, what can we do for the show? Hmm, that would be good for the show. I can get these guys on. And it just it feels fantastic to be able to pull it together and every week pull some really, really great stuff out of it. And, and I really have to thank everyone who's helped us over the years for, for being able to put that just, you know, turn this into what was basically a, a fairly, you know, it was a competent three-man show into something, you know, much better. And um, that leads me to the other very contributory reason why I carry on doing this, because, uh, you know, Tony, how the Xbox Live community is kind of your people, and, you know, you've got these very close friends you are on mm-hmm. Xbox Live, and they're kind of closer than a lot of friends, you, you know, in real life. And um, you've kind of, you've made yourself part of that community. And, you know, similarly, our, our uh, former co-host, Paul, it has, has gotten really close ties to the rock band and guitar hero community and, you know, and Singstar as well. And he's, he's, that's what he's made himself part of. Now, while I've singularly failed to um, integrate myself quite so heavily into Xbox Live as, as a lot of other people, this is a community that I can really embrace. These not just our listeners, which are fantastic, but the other podcasters. And I've been able to reach out to all of these other people and these fantastic individuals who've helped make this show and everyone else who we really wish we could have had on this show and maybe able to have on later ones. 
I'm just I feel incredibly glad to have known all of you and um, I feel like this is something that I've done right and on a, on a side note I, I've honestly been astounded at the respect from other podcasters the community from other podcasters it's 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 a hard actually i think for our listeners to understand how close of a network podcasting can actually become i mean yes there's some divas out there that don't want to talk to you which is fair enough i mean that's their place but honestly i've been absolutely surprised by how generous most people are when when it comes to their time and ultimately this is what podcasting a lot of times actually comes down to it's you know we're obviously getting not no money um but it it puts we put so much time into it and to have something like this very show shaped together uh, and hear all the fantastic stories and some really personal stories has been actually i, I don't know quite uplifting and, and something that's certainly re- regenerized my respect about this uh, this format i gotta say thank you tony by the way i don't think i've ever really thanked you <laughs> thank you for calling i'll get back to you soon if you should get a message from the dark side of the moon you'll know that that's me Baby, you'll know I'm there. The reception's lousy, baby, but the view's beyond compare. So if you wanna call shotgun on my rocket, well, you order, baby. Let's, let's, baby, let's, let's, let's fly. I get to fly. I get to fly. We're gonna ditch the sad cynic saying we're all the same saying we got no really real adventures left to our names and no love and no truth and no spark and no mystery but i gotta take it off this rock and i'm history